episodes in one week. We are just loaded, loaded to the brim with good stuff. Want to thank Joe Lawson, the man behind the marketing at Rovio, who helped to do all of the marketing that is associated with the Angry Birds movie for talking with me on the show. I thought it was a really, really interesting sort of behind the scenes conversation of how a movie like Angry Birds came to be. Really interesting, really fascinating to talk to Joe. Following that, you'll hear Zachy's triumphant return to the Good Stuff Kids podcast as he gives his review of the movie. We sort of jump right in on this conversation between Joe and I. I had so much that I wanted to learn about what goes into making a movie, and once we started talking, we didn't really stop. I didn't even get a chance to really formally introduce him. So Joe, if you're listening, thank you again so much for doing this. And now, here is my conversation with Joe the man behind the marketing at Rovio and the Angry Birds movie. And following that is Zachy's review of the Angry Birds movie. Enjoy. Refresh uh, maybe the listener's memory. Of who are some of the stars in this movie? Some of the stars. Um, oh, we've got an all-star comedic cast. I mean, you've got Jason Sudeikis playing Red. You've got Danny McBride as Bomb. Josh Gad as Chuck. You've got Bill Hader as, the, uh, as Leonard, the leader of the pigs. Um, you've got Maya Rudolph, who's playing Matilda. She's the leader of the, the anger management class. Um, just down the list, we've got Kate McKinnon in there. You've got um, Hannibal Burris. You've got Keegan-Michael Key. Uh, I know I'm going to forget people because the list just goes on and on. Just, yeah. just, just an amazing cast. Uh, we've got Peter Dinklage in there as the Mighty Eagle. Uh, Sean Penn. Uh, this great story of Sean Penn. You know, we wanted We have a character named Terrence who doesn't actually speak any lines of dialogues. He just sort of reacts and responds to things in very deep grunts. And, you know, we, we thought it would be really fun to have an amazing, very well-respected, you know, top of the, the class of, of actors perform that role. And, uh, and Sean Penn came to mind. It just seemed like the perfect fit. And he was game to do it. He, he was up for having some fun. And you, you just definitely hear the fun in his voice, oh, uh, so in his great. performance. It's really, really fantastic. That is so great. Well, I mean, full disclosure, I'm going to take my son tomorrow and, okay. and, you know, sort of couple his review with, with our conversation here. Hopefully so it's a good one. Oh, man, he's so excited. <laughs> he's so excited. I've had to put him off a lot for this. He's really, really pumped. Um, so well, who, I'll try to stay spoiler free then so I don't ruin it for you. <laughs> well, it's okay. I think I'll be all right. But, um, you know, he, he's not going to hear this for quite a while. So, so how, what's the, like the time, the, the time frame from like, okay, Rovio, we want to do a movie to getting the studio. I mean, so uh, granted, I'm pretty naive to how these things work, but so from like idea to, to open last weekend, what's the timing like? Um, it's a very, very, very long process and a lot can happen in that time period. I mean, the, the game itself is only now almost seven years old, uh, it debuted in 2009 and the movie project, you know, the, the team at Rovio, specifically Mikhail Head, who was the, uh, one of the founders of, um, of Rovio and, you know, the CEO at the time of Rovio, um, was approached by a lot of studios to see what we could do to potentially turn it into a film. And he kind of just resisted wanting to make sure that you know, it was done on the right way, by the right means, or the right people. And probably, you know, 2011 conversations really got started. Um, you know, he was contacted by uh, David Maisel, who at the time um, what had just 
you know, moved on from Marvel Studios, where he was the founder of Marvel Studios uh, and CEO of Marvel. Uh, he was the one who came up with the idea of taking the Marvel films inside and, you know, not licensing them out to the studios anymore. Uh, obviously, there was a few deals already in place that were grandfathered in, but really, you know, starting with Iron Man, um, creating a whole new universe for Marvel where they made films for their fans directly because uh, no one knew it better than themselves and, and why turn that over to other people to, you know, create their vision of it when you have the people who, who you know, own it uh, create the vision. So uh, he was the one that created, obviously, from Iron Man came, you know, the, the string of hits that they had, Captain America and okay, Thor and, right. uh, and ultimately the Avengers. And, you know, he helped broker the deal over to Disney. And after he was done with that, he was trying to figure out, you know, what do I do next? What do I do next? And he actually saw his, um, at the time, I think she was 80, uh, 80 year old mother uh, in the other room was screaming and yelling at some pigs. <laughs> and he didn't know what she was doing. And, uh, you know, found out she was playing Angry Birds. And he was like, there's got to be something there. I mean, if it can make my mother react the way that, that she did, there's got to be something there. So he went and met with Mikhail and talked about a vision of, you know, don't put this in the hands of a studio. Why don't we work on creating this, you know, as a homegrown project that Rovio can own and control? And Mikhail liked that a lot, you know, taking the model from Marvel and, and really doing that to, as a start of potentially a, a much larger universe. And so they, you know, they, they made an agreement at the time because at the same time, Rovio was getting into animation of their own because there truly was a demand for um, Angry Birds outside of just the game. Really? Um, obviously, the consumer products business took off and it was just a massive part of pop culture. And, um, you know, the, the consumer products business just kept growing and growing. And with that came the demand for more content. And they created the Angry Birds tunes, which are animated versions, which you may have seen. Your, your child's probably seen. Most definitely um, have seen. Yeah. <laughs> so they made an agreement at the time that, you know, uh, if, you, if, if Rovio was going to do animation, the characters couldn't talk. They couldn't have limbs or wings. They had to stay very simple. They had to be, um, you know, just very, very, very rudimentary so they could save all the rest of it for the movie. And Mikhail agreed to that, and they, you know, both stayed true to their word and saved it for the movie. So then, you know, then there comes the process of actually developing the film, and that's when you bring in the producers, you bring in the film team to create it. And that process, as it is even when I was at DreamWorks, it's a, it's a good three-and-a-half, four-year process, even longer depending on, on you know, what you're doing. Um, sequels can be done a little bit quicker simply because you don't have to go through um, – all the process of character development, which can take an, uh, an exorbitant amount of time, especially in this case where you're taking what were just, you know, iconography, just, you know, symbols in the game and actually turning them into characters because you've got to build personalities. You've got to build the look and feel. How are they going to be uh, perceived in, in three dimensions? How are we going to make it work with wings and legs? And what kind of, what do they sound like? So all those things that have to go into that is a, is a massive part of what this movie was about. Um, especially when you're doing an origin story. Um, down the line, when you do sequels, a lot of that stuff has now been built in, so you can really focus more of your time on storytelling and story progression, where you take this uh, in the next iteration. You know, where, where do you find the characters uh, evolving? Um, what new things are you throwing at them? So you can spend your time focusing on those things as, you know, much more than developing the world and the look and feel. Um, so, so that part is another part that, you know, takes a long time. And, and in that period of time, a lot of things can happen. You know, it's one of those things that when we started this, um, there was nothing in the world bigger than Angry Birds, you know, and, and it kept 
going up and up and up, and it seemed like there was no end in sight for it. Uh, obviously, when when you have a, something that's that popular, there's always going to be a decline. It's sort of the nature of, of pop culture, and um, so that became a hurdle for us. Probably, you know, probably about eighteen months ago, you know, two years ago, when the game started to go on the decline. Uh, how do you keep the momentum going? How do you keep the interest there? How do you keep people um, interested in wanting to see this, especially on a big screen? And as we started to get closer and closer to, to release, we just kept focusing on what we knew was inherent to this project was that it was, first of all, an incredible uh, tapestry um, in terms of visually storytelling characters. We knew we had something really special there, regardless if there was a game that was tied to it, regardless if there was a pop culture phenomenon. It in itself was just a great story with really fun characters. And we knew that that uh, on its own you know, was going to be embraced by, by people that saw it. So put on top of that, you know, people's love for Angry Birds, and, and even though there may be some snark out there, there's still genuinely a lot of people out there that truly love the brand, that it's a part of their, their, their daily routine still. You know, we still have over, and the numbers have obviously increased in the last couple of months thanks to the movie, but even, um, you know, before the movie, we were still seeing, you know, 125 million uh, monthly active users playing our games around the world. So it's still a big audience that most game companies, you know, would really like. do anything for. <laughs> yeah. you know, those, are, those are still massive numbers. Certainly they're not the numbers of where we were, say, four years ago, um, but still enough where you see that there is a genuine interest in this. And um, I've got to say that it's really interesting now. You, you can see on the charts uh, the classic Angry Birds game, which is a seven-year-old game, is now back uh, almost to the very top of... of um, app download charts, um, uh, especially here in the U.S., but it's, I think it was number four this week, um, of all downloads. Um, and that's because people are, are, are now going back and rediscovering it in a whole new way. Because now that you've seen the movie and there's now personalities to these, what were just ultimately just tools in the game. You know, you had um, a yellow bird that you could push and he went much faster. There was a, you know, a blackbird that would blow up when you touched the screen. So these things were just tools to help you get through your levels. Now that they have character and personality and that you know and you embrace and you care for, the game takes on a whole new level. It, it, it's phenomenal to then watch people playing the game and, and know, you know what they're after and why they do the things that they do. It just changes the, the whole dynamic of, of what the game was. Um, so I think that's really powerful and, and really uh, exciting to see happen you know, from from the movie, yeah, it's uh, that's that's awesome. Thank you so much for that. Uh, that that was a solid explanation. Well done. So, if you <laughs> okay. if you had to uh, if you had to choose a favorite Angry Birds character, right Ooh. from the movie, I Ooh. mean, I I haven't seen it, but I, my hunch is that it's going to be Danny McBride for myself. But if you <laughs> if you had to choose um, your favorite character from the movie, who would that be? It's really it's a good question because I do I have a I have a, a special place in my heart for all of them. Uh -huh. um, there, I, I think obviously the one I identify with most is Red. Mm -hmm. He's sardonic. He's sarcastic, um, which truly embodies everything that I am. Frustrated easily. Um, I tend to react differently than Red would in certain situations. I, I'm more likely to to keep it internalized <laughs> as to externalize it in the way that Red might do. Uh, but I definitely can relate to, to his sense of frustration and, um, you know, kind of wishing people would hurry up or get out of his way or, you know, not bother him. You know, there's things that I think most of us can relate to, but I certainly can also relate to the, the sarcastic nature of the way that he relates to others and speaks to others. Um, there's also a character, again, I don't want to spoil anything, called the Hug Trader, 
which is another one of my favorite characters. And he, you know, inside this community in, in Bird Island, it's a happy community. You know, they don't know from anything external. They only know their world. They've never been off their island. Uh, they're flightless birds. They don't, they don't journey off anywhere else. And so they've created a happy community amongst the, you know, the, the citizens. And so they have things like hair salons and, you know, the early bird worm shop where you can come and get your, your worms on a daily basis. And one of the stands there is the hug trader who just wants to give hugs. Oh, nice. So he's always standing at a shop just uh, waiting for a hug. <laughs> Everyone goes by him, doesn't give him a hug, and he gets very sad. Oh. Uh, I can relate to that guy, too. Yeah. He's pretty awesome. Oh, man, I'll, give um, you, I'll give you a hug if you need a hug. No, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Danny McBride as Bomb is also amazing. He, he's, uh, you know, he's obviously a big bird um, in terms of size, and he just you know, looks a little intimidating, but he's just so, such a soft heart to him. And he kind of reminds me of sort of a Snuffleupagus Eeyore type character, or just a little bit depressed, kind of, you know, <laughs> just sort of, you know, it's a simpleton, yeah. um, but, but such a big heart and, and also very funny and, and lighthearted. So, uh, and then obviously Josh Gad as Chuck is proving to be a fan favorite. Uh-huh. Uh, he's, he's magnificent just in the way that he, his, the cadence in which he speaks. Right. It's very fast, very fast moving. He does everything at a very fast pace. You know, he walks fast, he talks fast, he puts his foot in his mouth very fast. And that's just the, the way that, that Chuck is. And uh, you even get to sing, so you get a little bit of that Olaf piece there, you oh, know. Oh, cool. Josh Gad singing, um, yeah. which is great. Nice. Really fun. Um, it, it, so the, the latest game that came out is Angry Birds Action. And, yes. And is that, is that the closest game to the movie, would you say? Um, I would not say that. I okay. would say that it is an extension of the world. Um, we've kind of sort of positioned it as um, almost like the prequel to the game. It's it's the first time that you're seeing um, the movie-style characters in a Rovio game, an Angry Birds game. So the first time you're seeing them with limbs and personalities. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're getting a sense for that world. Right, the visuals. So takes the visuals yes. Yeah. 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 And so it takes place in a time before the pigs have arrived. You know, you get a sense more for the anger of the characters. And it's a very different style. It's sort of a... Um, Almost, I would call it almost a pinball-style game. And uh, you know, the, the purpose of the game, when we you know, always envisioned it, was to be a complement to the movie. Something that you know, I think the expectation was that you, you know, coming from uh, a company that's, that's got digital at its heart uh, and gaming at its heart, that there be some form of gaming attached to this movie. It wouldn't be the be-all, end-all. It wouldn't be you need this game in order to understand the movie. It was going to be a complement that allowed us to do a lot of really amazing marketing and promotional um, um, machinations that are so unique that had never really been done before because no company's been in a position to do something like this. So what we were able to do um, with this game, in addition to just being a standalone um, you know, brand new type of game, we were able to um, do what we, we created, what we call bird codes. And bird codes are sort of a, a fancier version of a QR code rather than that, you know, that symbol you see for QR codes. Yeah. We actually could use, um, it looks like, well, it's a black version of the red bird um, in, a, in a sort of um, an icon. And it's surrounded by a barcode. And when you scan it with the game, it reads the barcode. And, and even though the image in the middle stays the same, the barcode around it can be changed you know, billions of times. And each time it gets scanned, it can unlock a unique experience. Oh, cool. um, so we work with a company called Zappar out of the UK. And Zappar has been working in the entertainment space to create these augmented reality experiences 
that are, are driven by scanning a marker. Yeah. Um, and so what we were able to do is work with our partners like Lego, uh, especially McDonald's. Um, we have, I want to say, 36 partners around the world that use the, the marker on their packaging, um, within their packaging, in, embedded in the, the marketing and promotions of their products that you, when you scan, you've got a, a unique activity. For example, Pez has one where it opens up a game where you're flinging Pez's uh, within your game. Uh, McDonald's, the big campaign they're running right now is an overlay with action where when you scan the marker that they have on uh, specific food items, um, certain areas in the store, uh, it brings up what we're calling a whack-a-pig game. It's almost like a whack-a-mole uh-huh. game where, where you know these boxes open up and you've got to tap them to, to try and get the, the, the pigs. And when you do what you win, currency in the game. Uh, and power-ups in the game. So it kind of had a you know a game tie-in, which is something that McDonald's loved because they've been working on trying to find a way to do a campaign that was truly digitally driven. And this was an opportunity to do that. Um, Lego, uh, because of certain COPA laws, which have, you know makes it difficult to, to advertise certain things to children, uh, we had to be very careful in how we um, did it. So the markers are on the box um, for the, the Angry Birds movie Lego sets and also inside the instruction books, and they both do something different. But when you scan them, it brings your playset to life in a way that's never been done before. Um, so that, that was really unique. And, and that, um, the game allowed us to, to do that. Um, then on top of that, what we always envisioned was this ability of tying a game to the movies. And, and Action allowed us to do that as well. What we did is we worked with um, a company um, actually based in Portland, Oregon, uh, called Digimark, that um, created a technology, it's, a, it's a, an audio watermarking technology where they can put a watermark on a soundtrack that's inaudible to human ears um, that actually can be read by another device. And what we were able to do is when you bring your phone and your game and you have it open, um, and during the end credits you'll see when these markers come up on screen, from that moment on in the end credits of the movie, it will unlock, it will, you, the game will recognize that you're in the movie and it will unlock um, two things. One, it will unlock a bonus scene that you won't see in the movies. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a special little scene that's you know, kind of a, not, I wouldn't call it an alternate ending, but it's an additional ending. Uh-huh. And it will also unlock the pigs within the action game. So suddenly it becomes a true game changer. Like your game yeah. literally changes. Yeah. Uh, and so we love the idea of being able to create a game changer. Um, so that was really, you know, action, what action was all about. You know, it certainly doesn't replace any of our other games. Um, it's certainly meant to just be a fun addition and complement to, to what we're doing with the movie. Wow, amazing. So I, I think that uh, many people are going to be heading back to the theater to sort of unlock that, ha, that action hope. stuff. That's, yeah, totally. I can't wait yeah, to do that. With, I can't <laughs> wait to do that tomorrow. That is. Yeah, if you, if you have the game installed and uh-huh. just wait in the end credits, and, and you know, obviously we, we were very careful to not do something during the movie to disturb uh, the movie-going experience. Right. We, you know, the last thing we wanted was people to take out their phones and be, be aiming them at the screen during the entire movie. <laughs> Which certainly was a possibility. You certainly could have an interactive part where you know you've got people flinging from their phones directly at the screen. Oh, wow. um, yeah. But we didn't want. We wanted to keep the movie uh, as a special experience that you go and view uh, in its entirety, and then you know to not disrupt others during the credits. Make it a time where you can pull out your phone launch the app and and it will you know read the the audio code so pretty exciting amazing yeah there's a lot of layers to this huh it's it's (laughs) certainly more than than just a good time at the movie theater absolutely we aim to please on on multiple levels yeah absolutely yeah Um, and and i gotta say just going back to we were talking about lego a little uh bit you know one of the amazing things first of all working with lego 
uh, on a movie program is truly a, you know, a dream come true. And I worked at, um, at DreamWorks for many years and we tried to do some stuff with Lego and, and never managed to, to make it happen. And so it was exciting to get to do that. Um, I, I think what was really great was that they were using Angry Birds to sort of change the play pattern of the way that Legos work and, and are played with. And I thought this was absolutely ingenious. And I think you know, part of the reason why they ultimately chose to, to work with us is that they're so used to being a construction set and the play pattern of building and constructing. Um, but what happens then, once you build it, and, and I can speak for my own son, who's now 11 years old, uh-huh. and we, his entire room is basically you know, a shrine to Lego. Yeah. He's got you know, sets everywhere. And once you build them, they want to proudly display them. You know, what do you do with them? Sure, you can make believe and you can play, but there's not a true play pattern that turns them into a, you know, a playable um, you know, action play right. set. You know? right. So what we managed to do with Lego was to create these sets that change the play pattern. Not only are they construction and you, you construct them, but these also have very strategic destruction in them where you, know, you use catapults that come with the system. And if you um, flick the, the birds and hit the, the sets in the right way, it's going to cause chain reactions in which your set is going to deconstruct. That's You're going to knock sweet. certain things down. <laughs> You're almost like a mousetrap yeah, uh, way of things sure, moving. Sure. And it's sort of a, you know, it, it's a lot of fun and, and it tears the part of it apart and then you get to rebuild it. And what's more fun than knocking it down and rebuilding it, you know, as part of the play pattern. Yeah. So in that way, it was kind of ingenious and, and loved the way they were able to do that. Yeah, it sounds, very, the movie. sounds very satisfying, I have to say. <laughs> it's satisfying. Pretty cool. Yeah. Really so, cool. I mean, Angry Birds movie, you got Star Power, Legos, apps. I mean, you are speaking the language of every six to, I would say, nine-year-old <laughs> person I know. Um, I want to... And but to follow it up, we have a, I have a very important movie related question that I like okay. to, that I like to ask. Um, it, it is not uh, it, it's not intended to put you on the spot, but if you had to choose the appropriate movie snack for those going <laughs> to see the Angry Birds movie, what do you recommend? Oh man, um, I, I would just say a lot of popcorn. I mean, it's a it's a popcorn kind of movie. It's a blockbuster. Um, you know, we, we've really envisioned this as a as sort of a, you know, a tentpole kind of movie, one of those big summer blockbusters that you go and just have a lot of fun in. And, you know, it, it is. It's a, you know, a lot of the movies that are out there right now, um, especially for families, for kids, are, are dark. You know, they're they're kind of brooding. And, you know, you look at, at Alice in Wonderland, it looks sort of, you know, drug trippy. Um, you look at the, the Marvel, the Captain America stuff, it's, it's violent and dark and X-Men dark and... It's just, it's fun to have something that's really lighthearted and, and, and fun and light. Uh, the one thing that, you know, I think that pretty much everyone can agree with, the critics have said it, the fans who have seen it have said it, is that it's very colorful, it's very playful, and uh, I, I, it's just a good time. So you want to have a lot of popcorn to just have a good okay. time at the movies. Buckets and buckets and buckets of yes. popcorn. Red vines are also good. Red vines. Okay, you are a West Coaster for <laughs> sure. The red vines Twizzler debate rages there you on. Go. Uh, well, Joe, I can't thank you enough for your time and, and wish you you and your, your crew nothing but the best as the movie thank continues you. to roll on. And thanks to Rovio for bringing lots of joy and fun to kids and families everywhere. Absolutely. I'll speak thank for you. my wife, Angry Bird, Angry Bird Pop. She has been playing Angry Bird Pop. Oh, that's my favorite game, lot. too. I'm, I'm, I'm addicted to that game. Yeah, yeah. In my downtime, and there's not much of it these days. That's how I decompress as I play Angry Bird Pop. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm addicted to it as well. Cool. So, 
Well, uh, yeah, it's a well, great game. You. Yeah, I, I, I like the Angry Birds Star Wars, but, you know, that's, a, that's, a, that's my thing. Um, yep. But, again, can't thank you enough for your time and taking some time pleasure. with me. Uh, best of luck. And, thank you. And, hey, if by chance there's a sequel, maybe we'll, uh, we'll talk again sometime. That would be great. I would right. appreciate that. Cool. Be great. All right, have a well, great thank rest you. of day. Thanks, Take you care. too. Thanks, Jim. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I'm here with Chief Movie Reviewer. We just saw the Angry Birds movie. Zachy, what did you think? It was awesome. It was awesome? Birds had a big crush. Terrence broke their weapon. So then they just, and then Matilda, after the weapon, she had this, like, it was, like, um, it was really awesome, their crush. And then at the end, the pigs were dancing, and the and the king pig, um, Mudbeard, he he was hatching a new plan, and then he danced for us, and then he said he was gonna dance for a second. Do you think that other people should go see the Angry Birds movie? Oh yeah. Is it the best movie you've ever seen? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Do you think who is your favorite character? Chuck. Chuck. What did Chuck do that you liked? No, maybe, yeah, Bomb, Bomb, Bomb. Bomb? What did Bomb do that you liked? Bomb showed his rear end, and then Chuck found it, and Red's like, no, that's his face. Oh, that was a funny part. Um, what movie snacks do you think people should have when they go see the Angry Birds Popcorn movie? Popcorn Hershey's, M&M's, and stuff like that. Okay, thanks for reviewing the movie. Sure. And that's it, Angry Birds. It's still Memorial Day weekend as I record this and as this goes live, so you still have a chance to go see it. It's a good movie. Not too violent, not too scary. Hope everyone has a great Memorial Day weekend, and we will see you for episode 10 later this week. Stuff.